Welcome to Season 2 of Game Design Unboxed on the No Direction Network. Danielle talks to tabletop game designers about the games they've made. Together, they unbox how the game went from inspiration to publication. Thank you for joining me, Danielle, for Game Design Unboxed, Inspiration to Publication, Episode 31, Blink System. Today, we are joined by Move 38's founder and CEO, as well as the creator of the Blink System, John Bobro. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Danielle. Of course. So just to get started, uh, could you tell our listeners a little about yourself and maybe how you got into the game design community? Yeah, for sure. Um, So (laughs) my background has always been with math and art. And uh, I was told growing up that those two things were not uh, supposed to be combined or uh, like, oh, what are you going to do? You know, I, out of college, um, actually was building soft skills training systems for the military. And I was building these interactive virtual human training systems. But I actually found my passion moving to New York and building interactive museum installations. And so I was getting a chance to write code, um, build hardware, um, and create art um, at large scale. And so uh, that's kind of how I got my I, my start um, in the tools necessary for game design. But it wasn't until uh, one of my museum installations uh, was uh, composed of a number of games. I called them massively multiplayer offline games that uh, I really got into the idea of creating games And while I was uh, doing my graduate research at MIT, um, I was in a group called Playful Systems, and I was surrounded by game designers. And so um, just kind of uh, slowly but surely found myself migrating towards people who um, also loved this intersection of math and art. That's so cool. Like that job description of just making these art technology installations. I kind of want to go check one out. Are you still doing that? So I don't still make those installations, although uh, a fellow founder actually asked me to do an installation for her brick and mortar store uh, a couple years ago, and I did that as a friend. But uh, the projects that we built are still up and running. So you can see them at the Museum of Science and Industry in Chicago, or if you're in New York City, you can go visit Shop Life at the Tenement Museum, which is an incredible experience bringing these stories to life from the last 200 years, um, specifically stories of immigrants that started their own companies um, on the bottom floors of the tenements. That's so awesome. So I used to live in Chicago. So which uh, installation was it? Because I probably have seen it. So the installation I worked on was called Future Energy. And uh, the way the exhibit worked was Uh, You get invited into this room, 30 people at a time. There's a lot of class um, tours. And uh, when you walk into the room, it's almost as if you put on magic goggles and can see energy um, pouring out of everything that consumes or produces energy. Um, And so you play these different games, designing your future house, designing a future car, arranging a future neighborhood. I have seen, yep, I definitely did that. (laughs) That's so cool. Awesome. That's, uh, uh, it was really, it was, I spent many, many hours in uh, a room without windows in that museum. Uh, But yeah, it it was a blast working on that project. It was, um, we were really going for something that was at a scale that 
I had never seen before. That's so amazing. And then how did you go from that to creating your Blink system? Yeah. So uh, while I was at MIT, uh, the Media Lab is kind of a, a neat place where you're exposed to things that I would say the general public is not going to be exposed to for typically 20, 50, maybe even 100 years. You're working with technologies that are not commercially viable or concepts that are thinking about how do how does technology um, how, how does technology how do we find the human side of technology? How do we augment our um, arts? How do we augment our medicine with all of these advances? And so um, while I was at the lab, it was very clear to me that our digital and physical worlds, they're, you know, they're colliding. And the difference between bits and atoms is uh, getting smaller every day. For me, I like atoms a lot. I like being in the real world, um, or better yet, yeah, seeing people IRL, right? I like being face-to-face and hands-on, and I love the smell and touch, and uh, I care a lot about those really refined details. And yeah, I realized that, you know, I I actually went to the lab specifically to work on physical games that had the affordances, all of the benefits and complexity or interactivity uh, of digital games. And so at the Museum of Science and Industry, that was a multi-million dollar project, Um, I think we had, I was telling somebody else this the other day, we had, I think, more pixels running in that space than Times Square. It was, you know, uh, we were, it was augmented reality without headsets, right? We were projection mapping. Uh, When I went to the Media Lab, I uh, designed these um, little tiles, they were called automatiles, and um, they respond to touch and they communicate with each other. And um, it was my way of trying to take something out of a computer screen and hold it in real life. I just wanted to. That's so cool. Yeah. I mean, the reason I ended up going towards tabletop games versus video games is that physicality and like being in a space with people. But your system's so cool because it's like a cross between video game, board game and toys. Yeah. I, the toy aspect is kind of an interesting one. It's uh, for me, I say the toys and tools we play with, they shape the way we think. And I feel like the world needs new ways of thinking. There's more complexity than ever before. And so it was like, let's, you know, design uh, the playful objects of the future. Um, but more simply put, the, the toy aspect is so important to me because anybody can pick up a toy and interact with it. Games always have to start with an invitation to play. And I feel like toys are, and it's, it's, a, it's a physical object that is an invitation to play. And so um, uh, a number of our games, especially the early ones, even if you don't learn the rules of the game, you could play around with it and sort of enjoy the experience of just the tactility. You know, I talked to friends from our very first sets that we shipped and customers and, you know, found that some customers, they they were like, oh yeah, I absolutely love the system. And it was like, what's your favorite game? And we realized real early on that uh, there was a a good percentage of people that were just enjoying playing with them and they hadn't dug into the games yet. And so 
in the past two years, we've had a chance to iterate on that. And it's, it's exciting to be at this point. That's so cool. And what games came from like the original pack that came out? And did you design all of them? No. So actually, right from the beginning, um, I mentioned that, you know, I was designing something that I wanted to be able to hold kind of this uh, physical incarnation of, of, a, of a pixel, right? Like, um, I was surrounded by game designers. And when they saw these tiles I was making, they said, do you mind if we make games on them? And so uh, the very first game designers that approached me were M. Laserwalker and Celia Pierce. Um, she's a professor at uh, Northeastern. And uh, she asked if she could invite her uh, her students to create games on what would become blanks. And I said, sure, come on over. We'll, uh, I set aside three hours and said, you know, we'll see what we can create in three hours. And the first hour we spent um, whiteboarding and coming up with ideas. And the second hour we coded those ideas. And the third hour we play tested. And, you know, I'd spent a lot of time making it really easy to program for so it made it really easy to quickly iterate on the spot. And her students learned how to code for them. And at the end of those three hours, we ended up with a game called Fracture that uh, was unlike any other board game and ended up going to IndieCade and became a finalist um, at uh, the IndieCade International Game Festival. And so Fracture was uh, one of the very first games designed for the system, and it was designed uh, with uh, that group of game designers. And the uh, very first six games, it was Fracture, Mortals, Barry, Bomb Brigade, uh, Puzzle 101, and Wham. Uh, of those six games, I designed, I guess I had my hand in each of them, but uh, two of them specifically came from uh, Game Jams uh, that we had hosted. And so... Uh, right from the beginning, as I was creating, I was inviting other people to make games on the system as well. That's so cool that you had that collaboration just from the very beginning. What do you use as far as like a coding program? Yeah, so I chose one that I knew was um, ubiquitous for hardware programming for beginners. And so you can program for Blinks using Arduino. And we created a really basic language for programming for them. So when you want to blink to glow red, you type set color parentheses red. So, you know, it's enabled people to get up and running within, you know, 15 minutes. And it's, it's really neat to see people just kind of experiment and, oh, okay, I just if button down, if buttons double click. But we've also had community members um, uh, make their own libraries or port. So it's, yeah, based on Arduino, which I think is installed on hundreds of millions of computers around the world. Cool. When did you start offering like design kits? I saw those on your website. Yeah. So uh, when we kickstarted Blinks, um, we, in 2020, we started shipping the very first commercial sets and we shipped to our first thousand customers. The cool thing about it was that um, of those thousand backers, about 200 of them, one in five backers, said they also wanted to make games. And we made alpha and beta developer kits available right away. And so 
the very first, I think, 10 or 20 developer kits or game maker kits we made um, were hand assembled in the office. I soldered pieces together. Um, and uh, it's pretty, you know, it's like they're, they're open face. You can see the electronics. And so that was probably the first 20 of them. And then I brought in five interns, five game design interns uh, that summer. Yeah, did a good deal of the work, hand assembled about 1,700 developer blanks um, to go out in different kits. And uh, so, yeah, I, I wanted to make sure that, you know, this was a system that would uh, support creators from the beginning. I myself always considered myself an artist rather than an engineer or mathematician, or and that's just the way I approach things. And so I I really liked making tools that other artists could um, interact with. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. And so for anyone who hasn't like physically played with your system or seen it, would you mind describing it just because like as we've been talking, maybe someone doesn't know what it looks like, these like hexagonal shapes and like what you can do clicking it? Yeah, of course. So uh, without a screen present, it's uh, really fun to actually describe blinks. So blinks are uh, little hexagonal tiles. Um, they fit in the knuckle of your hand. They're about the same size and weight as Hive tiles, if you've got the game Hive. They're actually based on that size because of how good I thought they felt in the hand. Um, and game feel for a board game, part of it is the balance of the game, but uh, uh, for me, I growing up, I loved the weightiness of like chess pieces. And so I wanted Blinks to feel like an object you could think with. I'll, I'll do this in front of the microphone. So Blinks have um, opposite polarity magnets um, that help. One thing that always bothered me with the game Settlers of Catan is if somebody moves the table, the whole hexagonal grid shifts. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> people have made all these like beautiful wooden uh, laser cut boards and things like that to prevent that with Blinks. Uh, they're held together with the magnets, and I'll, I'll do this right in front of the mic. Let's see. That's what it sounds like when blinks link together. And, uh, yeah, they give a real satisfying click, and um, the top of them have a membrane that is a display unlike anything that um, I'd ever seen. It's uh, a six-segment display. So there's kind of like a trivial pursuit triangles and uh, they can animate the full spectrum of RGB. So red, green, and blue, you can see all the colors you'd see on a, on a mobile device. And uh, uh, that membrane also is an, there's a tactile button. So you get this uh, little kind of clickiness, kind of like an arcade game uh, from hitting the top. And so some of the games rely on the magnets, such as uh, uh, Heist, where you're, it's kind of a shuffleboard game. You have to slide your blinks and attach them at the right time. Other games might be Dexterity and, you know, are very clicky. Um, and other games are deeply strategic and, you know, involve maybe a mix of kind of hidden information or entering information on your own and then placing your, your blink back with a cluster of blinks and so each, each blink thinks for itself and communicates with all the other blinks when attached. And there's no number. Uh, it's, it's completely modular. So you can play with nine blinks in the original game system uh, or expand to hundreds um, and have your friends bring 
their blinks and put them together. And how do you set up a game? So like, how do all the blinks know, hey, we're playing Wham right now? Uh, that's my favorite thing to show. I think uh, I'm forgetting who it was from uh, uh, Shut Up and Sit Down described it so perfectly that I'm just going to copy what what he said, which was, you know, it's it's like school children in a uh, in a playground. They teach each other how to play. And so um, each blink shift has a uh, it knows a game. And on the back of the blink is uh, beautiful game artwork that um, covers. Uh, it's on the battery cover, and you can uh, hold down the blink blinks button for three seconds, and then it'll give you kind of this, "Hey, I'm ready to teach." And then when you introduce it to the other blinks, uh, one by one they fall in line and learn how to play that game. And what's happening is that blink is actually reprogramming. It's it's replicating. It's apps. It's just duplicating itself to all the other blinks. And so uh, once the game loads, it takes about 15 seconds. All of the blinks are equal. They all know exactly the same thing, and they're all ready to play that game. And so, uh, yeah, every blink is designed to hold one game in its permanent memory and uh, an equal amount of space to hold the game that it's actively playing. That's just so cool. It makes me think of like one of those robotic Disney movies or something. What what was it? Big Hero 6 or something? Maybe. I just watched this one about like every kid gets its own little robot and it kind of made me think of that. Um, I don't remember what it was called though. So would you consider this to be more in competition with like video games or board games? Hmm. It's interesting. That's a good question. I think that it's more... Yeah. I think it's more in the board game space um, in the sense that uh, we've got lots of our community. So, you know, I mentioned we shipped to our first thousand customers. Um, The community has grown to over 6,500 Blinks game system holders. It's a lot of board game enthusiasts. It's um, and, and professional board game designers. So uh, our developer community started, I think, at 200 developer kits or game maker kits. And then uh, it's now over 800 um, game maker kits. And a lot of those are with professional game designers and game studios um, that make uh, board games. So um, that's, you know, I mentioned early on kind of that for me, I love the intimacy and just the like games for me are about both challenging myself, but also the, it's, it's really the social interaction. I'm totally an extrovert and my partner's an introvert, but I'm like, I totally get recharged by being around people and especially my close friends and having a reason to gather. Uh, yeah, so I, I would say it's definitely more in the board game space, but, um, you know, I think right now we're kind of at, I, I use a lot of video game analogies. I feel like we're kind of, this version of Blinks is like the Atari of smart tabletop. And so, you know, the very first version of Blinks had like one LED in it. It had just one light and people were already making games. And then uh, the first publicly consumable version has the six segment display. And, uh, you know, future iterations can uh, that fidelity will increase. So. I think there's a lot for board gamers to get excited about there. That is really cool. I remember the first time I saw your system was like two years ago. And my friend, uh, Josh Kaplan of like the board game captain, he did a review and I helped him do it. And I was like, this is so cool. And then I ended up seeing you at PAX Unplugged. And I was like, 
oh man, you have designer kits. Like I immediately was like, I'm not a coder, but I want to learn how to code to design a game for this because I designed tabletop games. So I was like, oh, I want to try this and see if I can do it or at least have something to play with. It's a very cool system. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, Josh is amazing and I love his reviews. I think he made uh, one, one of the games from our recent, I guess relatively recent game jams, a global game jam, uh, Pirates and Lasers, I think became one of his favorite games. So that's the one I'm actually in a video for. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, uh, you see some girl hands, that's me. <laughs> I thought those hands looked familiar. It'd be pretty weird to be like, are no, you? That'd be super weird. A <laughs> <laughs> very close attention. Unless you had very specific rings or like identifiers. My One of my good uh, game designer friends tattooed his wedding ring on his finger. So I feel like that would be recognizable. No, I think there's also me in the video with my face too, but I can't really remember (laughs) what he put into the final product. I just know I was there playing the game and pushing buttons. That's, uh, well, so that game, I mean, it just totally made like those game designers, it was four, four people, only two of them knew each other when they, uh, came together to make that game at the game jam. And, uh, yeah, it's, um, uh, it's really neat to see like they, I mean, they literally did that. It was a 48 hour weekend. So I'm, I'm excited for you to get your, uh, get going with a, a develop the, the game makers kit. And yeah, we're, we're putting a lot of, a lot of resources. I mean, I, I feel like community is like one of the most important things for kind of for everything. <laughs> No, I completely agree, especially in the tabletop community. Like, community is everything. It's why it's in the name. Um, But with your system, like, how does playtesting go for these games? Like, how much playtesting goes into it? How do you organize it? Yeah, so um, to be honest, in the very beginning, I didn't know... I had experience in, you know, the museum installations and we, you know, have people come in from the outside and take notes and watch how people interact with them and then iterate that way. The very first Blinks games, it was totally new. These experiences were like, I, you know, so it got a lot of playtesting simply because I would bring them everywhere. So, you know, when they went to Indicade, uh, a few hundred people got to play fracture and we're asking where do we get this and i knew that it wasn't just a game i knew i wanted to make it a system and uh at future events i'd be breaking out games that we were working on and they would get a lot of play testing in that space our process is definitely refined a lot so um our current director of games ryan courtney um, comes from the board game world he also happens to be a, a machine learning programmer, which is kind of nice that he straddles these spaces. I, I love misfits. And it's been really fun to watch him introduce a different kind of rigor to the playtesting for Blinks. And I'm really excited for the community. He's sharing that in our Discord and on the forum. And he's doing things that um, we'd never done before. So. Uh, a number of the new games coming out started with uh, paper prototypes and uh, playtesting in Tabletop Simulator. And then he was able to do things in Tabletop Simulator that you just can't do with um, paper and cardboard, but you can do with blinks. And so it really worked out kind of well where he could design a game and go, okay, what can I not do with traditional cardboard? 
um, but still in a tabletop setting. And so a lot of the playtesting, especially related due to COVID, has uh, um, had to rely on virtual tools and um, yeah, that kind of those kind of solutions. Oh yeah, I'm very familiar with Tabletop Simulator and all the digital playtesting <laughs> that we've needed to do. It's the the virtual table flip is it'll really. Uh... <laughs> I always make sure to set that like turn that off because people will accidentally hit it, and I'm like, no, the game, even though it like saves pretty. Uh-huh. You never know with software. You never know. Very true. And so I know you guys use Kickstarter. Like, what was the initial idea? But behind using Kickstarter for your first batch of these blinks. Yeah. So, um, I, I have had familiar with familiarity with Kickstarter before. Um, I'm trying to think I had launched three projects on Kickstarter. Um, one of them was like a Lego meets origami building blocks that, um, had really great, great success. And I love the platform mostly because I liked interacting directly with the customer. It was like, cool. This is the perfect way to get feedback. Um, it's really, I don't know, I, like the details and the packaging or being eco-friendly, um, uh, even just the language we use, um, uh, being gender neutral in our design thinking. Um, those kind of things are things that like, I think are really difficult to communicate on a, on a store shelf. Um, but through Kickstarter, you have the opportunity to learn a ton from the people you're making something for. Just, I I think that that really felt like the right move for me. We did have a number of meetings with uh, major game companies and thinking about, okay, like, you know, this could launch in a different way. Um, But for me, I felt like starting with a community, focusing on iterating it and and building it together was uh, uh, the right way to go. Um, and that worked out really well. Our, our first Blinks Kickstarter uh, raised, I think, $137,000, which was more than I'd. My friends were like, do, do you even have to make them? Do, does that money just go to you? And it was like, uh, all that money goes, like, I don't even think I saw a penny of it. It was just like, it, it went, I, I, was, I wasn't paying myself yet. I, um, yeah, went went straight into making the Blinks and um, I'm pretty sure with the first run, I overspent on the game maker kits. I, it's embarrassing. I spent like, I don't know, probably put twenty dollars per game maker kit just into the case that would you could carry your blinks with. Um, oh, funny! So it was, it was, uh, it was a good way to. I would say Kickstarter is a great way to learn, um, and in a very for me, I love being hands on in that way. That's so awesome. And for that initial Kickstarter and the Blink system that like went into it, like all the different games, how long do you think it took from like the inspiration of the initial Blink to getting it out to backers? Well, so building the platform, it took nearly four years from like pencil sketch. Um, But I didn't know it was going to be a game system when I had the idea. Um, So, you know, I I would say that for an electronics project, um, it's you know, we, we were, as a company, working on it for a year and a half before we launched on Kickstarter. And then it took another another year and a half to uh, really perfect the production. So there's um, lots of unknowns that you hit. And then we were really fortunate 
when I was looking to produce, go into mass production, I visited nine different factories in China. Um, and one of them, I met with the CTO of the company that manufactures Lego. And uh, the CTO loved the product, um, uh, thought thought their kids would really enjoy it. Also, they enjoy it. You know, they're just like, wow, this, we want to make this. And um, so I was very lucky because we were, you know, for a company that produces millions of units weekly, you know, we were making a much smaller run. And we've been working with them for over two years and they've become, you know, just, it's an incredible partnership. So, yeah. Concept to concept to shipping was about four years. That's so cool, especially the Lego bit, because I mean, I know they have all those Lego kits where you can learn how to code and do basic stuff like I did it in my robotics back when I was in high school. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, I mean, Lego's known for just their quality and like indestructibleness and uh, and creative, you know, just being being a platform for creativity. And so I was pretty thrilled to be um, be able to be in a, a similar be in a similar space there. That's so amazing. I, I think I think Lego has dabbled in games, but it's it's not not a lot. I feel like they did something with Super Mario recently, but I can't I can't uh, set, I haven't had a chance to play it. Yeah, I think I had a game from Lego when I was like really little, and you were building something while moving. It was just like I don't. It was nothing great because I feel like I'd remember it more. But uh, you know what? That's fine. They're good at what they're currently doing, and they're definitely selling enough product. That's that's right. It's uh, find find what you're find what you're good at, passionate about. Keep making that, improving on that. Yeah. So then, for anyone who's trying to jump into the Blink system. What would you recommend they like buy first as far as the different collections that you offer? Yeah, so in the past two years, we've had uh, over 30 games published on the game system. And uh, so there's a lot to choose from, but we made it real easy for everyone by creating uh, essentially this the place to start. It's called the Blinks Game System. And the Blinks Game System, it ships with nine Blinks, nine games, and all nine of those games are designed to play really well with nine blinks um, or expand as you add more blinks to your system. We found that when we were shipping to our very first Kickstarter, some of the games in the very first packs maybe required higher blink count and people are like, oh, that maybe that game's a little bit too advanced or this one's... Uh, so the game system is the place to start. And then we have uh, game packs that allow you to expand if you like more strategy games or more um, party games. And so there's game packs that you can add on. And uh, on February 8th, we'll be launching our uh, next pack of games. So uh, I guess there's two things I should share. One is that um, at PAX Unplugged, uh, right before... uh, Right before holiday season kind of closed out last year, we we sold out completely from the Blinks game system. Uh, on February eighth, we're going to be kickstarting the next print run of the game system, and so that's a chance to get uh, the nine Blinks game system uh, at Kickstarter rates. And then uh, we're also launching five new party pack games that uh, I'm. Yeah, <laughs> these have received so much play testing. It's really neat to see. We broke some of them out at PAX Unplugged. 
and uh, it's a mix of community community games as well as games designed in house um, by our new game design director uh, Ryan Courtney. So it's it's really um, yeah. Start with the game system, get in with uh, the party pack or any one of the other game packs. Um, and you can always come back later for a, a game maker's kit because all of the blinks you own are essentially a, um, a dev kit. Very cool. Well, I'm excited for the Kickstarter and to check out the party games. I'm guessing I probably played one or two of them at PAX Unplugged if you were showing them. We, we snuck them in. We uh, <laughs> If you saw a tangle of fingers, uh, that, that would have potentially been. There's, yeah, I mean, some ones that uh, weren't shown there. Um, are a little bit longer form games as well. So, uh, yeah, I the response has been, oh, cool, I didn't know you could do that with Blinks. And so then for, like, the whole journey of the Blinks system, do you have, like, a favorite and a least favorite experience? Mm, yeah, so my, my favorite experience is when people receive their Blinks. Um, it's, it's such a simple thing, but it, it doesn't... Um, yeah, it, like... Every single person, when they get their blinks, it's like the, yeah, it brings me so much joy. Um, yeah, oftentimes we'll like give phone calls uh, to people uh, who'd recently received their blinks just to kind of check in. What are your favorite games? Stuff like that. What's my least favorite part? There's with Kickstarter, there's always like one person who doesn't, doesn't get that, like, because we launch under Move 38. There's always one person that's like, oh, this is a big faceless company. <laughs> and then they'll throw up a comment. Um, and it's uh, th- that's probably my least favorite part because I um, it's no fun to um, I don't know. I, I I read everything. And so for better or for worse, we learn a lot as a company. But uh, I would say that's probably my my least favorite part is. You know, maybe somebody hasn't taken the time to get it yet and um, throws out kind of an inconsiderate comment or something like that. Um, but yeah, at the same time, uh, with our last Kickstarter, the community, like, resp- I didn't even need to respond to it. It was like the community was like, oh, no, I think you should check this out here. Watch this YouTube video. Oh, that's always nice when you have your community defending your product. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, um, you know, it's one of those neat things where, um, really when people get their hands on blinks, it's, it's just so cool to see the, um, I, I try not to say much about it now. I just kind of like <laughs> repeat what other people are saying. Cause it, it's, um, really need to see all the, all the ways people are enjoying them. Very cool. And then if you could offer one piece of advice to designers, what would it be? Yeah. Like there's <laughs> no need to make it perfect. It's put, put what you're making in somebody else's hands see how it makes them feel. Um, and if you're making somebody else's day a little brighter, like you're headed in the right direction, do that. So I'd say, yeah, make and share. And uh, yeah, I think a lot of, I think a lot of designers, a lot of inventors kind of um, are afraid to share what they're working on um, or think somebody will steal it or think somebody, it, uh, in my experience, the more, the more you share, the more you get back. I like that. And then as kind of like our end question, I'm curious to see. So if you could slap your name on any tabletop game, so you wish you designed it, what game would it be? This might date me here. Mousetrap. Just kidding. <laughs> 
I legitimately uh, just had a conversation about mouse trap. That's so funny. Uh, I mean, who wouldn't want to be responsible for putting like the most Rube Goldberg machines into the world? <laughs> yeah, wouldn't it? I can't believe that was even created. Like, and a mat. Yeah, mouse trap. Why not? That's cool. I can honestly say I do not remember the rules to that game, but I do remember immediately building it out. So I feel like it was the building aspect that made me like it. That's I I don't I think we just break it out. We just break it out to set up the marble run, basically. Um, yeah. Yeah. From a gameplay standpoint, I'd probably uh, wish I had made designed like one of the 700 games that Reiner Knizia has designed. So it'd probably be like battle line. It's a solid choice, yeah. And then for anyone who's been listening to this podcast, where can you be reached? Mm. Uh, You should check us out at move38.com or you can find us at blinksgames.com as well. Um, And yeah, we're really active. You can see us on Twitter at move38inc and uh, and definitely check out our Kickstarter. Uh, the Blinks game system and Party Pack expansion is our next launch. And uh, we love hearing from community members, customers, potential customers, your questions. So uh, don't hesitate to reach out. And uh, uh, we respond to emails as well. So hello at move38.com will reach us directly. Sweet. And then um, I'm your host, Danielle Reynolds. If you're looking to find me on social media, you can check out my Instagram and Twitter under the username TokenGamer, and that's G-A-Y-M-E-R. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Game Design Unboxed, Inspiration to Publication, Episode 31, The Blink System. And thanks again, John, for joining us. This has been a very interesting episode. Thanks so much, Danielle. This has been another episode of Game Design Unboxed, inspiration to publication. If you'd like to hear more great gaming podcasts, check out nodirectionpodcast.com. Join us next time. Their most recent Blinks Party Pack will be kickstarting starting February 22nd, as well as the initial print run of their system. So check it out. Make sure to look it up on Kickstarter. And if you're interested in designing your own game for the Blink system, consider coming to a game jam hosted by Move38 in partnership with Tabletop Gamers on Saturday, March 12th from noon to 6 p.m. in Long Island City, New York, or purchase one of their development kits on their website.